Hello and welcome to Haunted Hometowns with me, Blake Lambert Hack, your bi-weekly true crime paranormal podcast. Tonight, I have a very special guest, a musician, a comedian, an actor. You can really do whatever you want and anything. That's huge for you to say. <laughs> I, I'm learning it every day and this is affirming. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad I can affirm your uh, art. But uh, welcome, Johnny Castro. Hi, how's it going? So happy to be here. Thank you for joining me on this true crime paranormal podcast. I'm I'm very excited about it. I, I have to say it's like the perfect, I was talking about it to you just a minute ago. I yeah. just like took a beautiful sort of like fall autumnal bike ride over here. The leaves were falling. There's still pumpkins out here <laughs> yeah. in New York. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm so ready to enter this space, you know? Yeah, it's kind of like we just hit Halloween, so we are a little past it. But we're still within that realm of like christmas isn't quite there yet day of the dead was yesterday okay so don't you worry i'm i'm there i'm 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 still in the spirit i will always be in the spirit that's part of it like i do a playlist of 55 days of christmas every year from november 1st to december 25th so wow even though i'm like already jumping into christmas you're playing both sides i'm playing both sides i will always play both Uh, it's a very it's a very nightmare before christmas dynamic for you which is great i love that i think that's correct i love nothing more than a horror holiday movie same oh my god santa's sleigh yes (laughs) that's a classic i haven't seen krampus oh it's fine you would like it this will mm, this will be like a full disclaimer here yeah i am a scaredy cat okay i'm a huge scaredy. so like when i watch horror movies yeah actually this is why comedy has been such a like good entry point for me into horror because if I like watch with friends yeah. and we're kind of like commenting on it as it goes, sort of in right, like a mystery right. science theater kind of way, it kind of can take that fear away from me. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, but uh, so I, yeah, I'm interested That's perfect. to see like just how um, <laughs> how creepy this story is or whatever. Um, I mean, Krampus will be the perfect movie though because it is camp. Okay, camp. Like, there are go. camp uh-huh, yeah, yeah, very nice. moments to it. So, uh-huh. oh, it's such a good one. Okay. Thanksgiving. The, sorry, before we move on, no, there's a horror Thanksgiving it. movie coming out that looks so good. What's it called? Um, yes, you're totally right. I, I've seen even like previews for this, or there was or like a trailer or something. Yeah, I. It looks camp. It's just called Thanksgiving. Perfect. <laughs> like I can't wait to. <laughs> Not the pilgrim. Oh my god! If you can't, you can't see this poster, but it's like. A pilgrim hat with the buckle, you yes. know, real classic style, big bloody axe, almost um, like V for Vendetta. Yes, mask the sort style. of yeah, the Guy Fox kind yeah, 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 of yeah. yeah, yeah. Which like, okay, scary <laughs> libertarians. I'm I'm afraid. All right, I can't wait for it. I love a holiday horror movie. That's there's it's gonna be so good. Same, same. Um, but tonight, our case tonight, we're not leaving New York. In Ooh. fact, it does take place, but upstate New York. A very that's the perfect that's like one of the scariest kind of spookiest ghosty places absolutely and it does take place in a forest on a lake so yeah just picture that autumnal exactly moment uh, before we get into that quick question do you believe in ghosts a good question and i absolutely do okay um, <laughs> it took me a long time to come around with it but um i have like I've like I think I've experienced them. Okay, uh, this is like a crazy sidebar, but I am uh, famously from Sacramento, California. Yeah, shouts out Greta Gerwig. Um, <laughs> and when I was in college, some friends of mine lived in this house in Midtown Sacramento, an okay. old Victorian house, and it was famous because it had been the site previously of uh, this home that this famous serial killer named Dorothea Puente lived in. Yes. You know about Dorothea? Yes. Insane, right? And so they, you know, they couldn't tear it down because it was a historical building. Right. So they just, after, you know, this happened in the late 80s, early 90s, and um, when she was when she was um, killing people. Right. Um, they couldn't tear it down. It was a historic old Victorian yeah. house. So they just, whoever owned it was just like, well, these college kids aren't going to care. They'll never <laughs> look this up. That's true. <laughs> and we did not. And we partied in that house and just like, creepy stuff would happen all the time lights would come on and off like there was it was very present in the whole space um and 
So it just kind of, I don't know, it was kind of funny because we were just like, oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I just recently watched a little documentary that they had on Netflix about yeah. her. And I was like, oh, that room, that was that was so-and-so's room. We partied in there. Oh, oh, that was where we did our drinking games. I like, threw up in that bathroom. Like, I, yeah. oh, my God. She was getting people in there. Um, so very much so. Oh, my God. I absolutely do. And I feel very connected, yeah, to anything spiritual or, like, in that sort of supernatural yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, realm I, yeah how would you describe a ghost then like do you think it's well I'll let you answer and then okay yeah, yeah, yeah. how would I describe a ghost um, I think I think it's energy okay you know I think like everything is energy and I think that's like displaced energy from like you know either a trauma or a good right. thing or, or like even just like a something very eventful or something that hasn't left a space right, right, or right. something. I don't know. I think that's as best as I can describe it. No, that's it. fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, we will get into ghosts a little bit later. Okay, nice. <laughs> I'd hoped so. If yes. I came on the ghost podcast and there were no ghosts. You would be disappointed, right? I would right? have simply been a little disappointed, Blake. I mean, away. my last episode was about there was no ghosts, but it was like cryptids. So oh, I love cryptids know, too. Every so often, you gotta change it up. Spice a little it bit. up. But yeah, 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 yeah. But tonight, definitely ghosts. Nice. So we're gonna start on Big Moose Lake. Oh. It's a gorgeous part of the state, very wooded. Okay. The lake sits in the Adirondack Mountains. Mm-hmm. It's over 1,200 acres. So it's a huge, beautiful lake. Of course, I'll be posting photos on Instagram, Twitter, socials, etc. So go oh, check good. those out. But I'm taking you back to the summer of 1906. Oh, gosh. When couple Grace Brown and Chester Gillette decided to take a trip from Hamilton, New York, to Big Moose Lake, which the lake straddles mm-hmm. two different counties in New York. Okay. But... Is it like a finger lake? No. It screams I love that I don't know anything about the lakes in upstate yeah, yeah. New York I love that I'm pretending like I do like, oh is it one of the finger lakes um no I'll actually show you a photo right now okay fantastic also a quick sidebar I just think that lakes are the spookiest body of water absolutely hands down I mean you know ocean scary oh wow it's beautiful oh yeah, folks wow the, the fall autumn. foliage yeah, oh my yeah. goodness I could see how I would get tricked into being here and then <laughs> Some scary stuff would happen. Okay. No, I agree. Like, oceans, being on the ocean in the middle of the ocean. Scary, powerful, scary, sure. Yes. But the lake is sort of, it's that, it's the not moving. Exactly. It's the not yeah, moving. Yeah, River, yeah. cool. I love that. Full of life. Yes. Get it. What's that lake doing? What's under there? It's a little too calm. It's way too calm. Yeah. Which, as exactly. we all know, that's when shit goes down. Especially because I grew up in Chicago, and so big lakes, lakes. Big lake person. Big yeah. lakes. It's like... You can't see the other side of the lake, so it is deep. It's like five hundred plus feet deep. So mm. it's like there are like lakes, like summer lakes, where it's only you know mm-hmm. twenty feet deep or whatever. But then you get bigger lakes and bigger. It's like do you, you don't do, know what's going down. Do you know about Spooky Lake Month? No, my God, what's Spooky Lake Month? There is this. Oh my God! Shouts <laughs> out to this um, Instagram or I guess TikTok account that I follow. I don't know how you say the name. Maybe it's like Geodesaurus. I don't know. Okay. But they do this thing every October where every single day they do a different like feature on like a spooky like lake or body I of water where that. something like crazy has happened, whether like it's like a shipwreck or like, uh, you know, diving holes where yeah, people yeah. dine in or like eerie formations yeah. or all sorts of stuff. And I'm obsessed with it. So again, shouts out. I um, love that. Spooky lakes. They're just, yeah, lakes. Ooh, My last ooh. episode was about that. Like, uh holes like caves underwater oh. caves and that's people die in them all the time Freaky. Like, death, like, I think. yeah exactly oh my god so okay <laughs> okay We're big so moose lake <laughs> creepy beautiful it's huge tons of people go there for the summer that kind of thing but 1906 grace and chester uh it's about two and a half hour drive from hamilton to big moose lake but back in 1906 it probably would have been an all-day trip mm-hmm. you know model t Exactly. They were <laughs> driving those like buggies. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Love it's that. comical. I love it. A little picnic basket. Yeah. It's like 45 miles per hour, those cars. That's like the slowest fucking thing you can just like Sunday drive. I would but... be shocked if they got up to that high. Okay. <laughs> exactly. All that being said, Grace and Chester didn't drive because it would have taken forever. Mm. They took the train. 
Grace had several suitcases while Chester loaded just one. Classic. Stereotypes are alive and well. Classic Grace. (laughs) Couldn't back life for the day trip. All right, okay, love that. The couple decided to take their time and stay in a few hotels along the way. Uh, Cortland, which is where they met and where they're from, is just south of Syracuse, for those who don't know New York. Um, I'm not sure exactly where the train stopped and so forth, but we do know the couple stayed a night in Utica, New York, Mm -hmm. uh, because they left the following morning without paying. So that's how we know. So they're little... Little scammers? Little scammers. Oh, I love them. (laughs) Okay, okay, great. Neither Grace nor Chester had a ton of money. Grace was a factory worker in a skirt factory, Mm -hmm. uh, in the new Gillette skirt factory, to be exact. And Chester's uncle owned the factory and hired Chester to work as like the factory manager. So was it like a workplace romance? A hundred percent, yes. Tales all this time. And we're like talking about Me Too movement and stuff like that. He was Power definitely Dynamics. her boss. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Chester. <laughs> but they met in the skirt factory in nineteen oh five. That's how they met. That's how their romance started. They made their way to Tupper Lake where they spent a night after Utica. Tupper Lake is just as beautiful as Big Moose Lake. Okay. It's just farther north, and it's a little bit busier than Moose Lake. Oh, they wanted a sort of more quiet getaway. Yeah. So the couple wanted to enjoy the outdoors, boating on the lake, you know, the romance of it all. Mm. However, rain ruined their plans at Tupper Lake. Mm. They decided to head back south, and they made their way to Big Moose Lake, which is about an hour south. The town's Webb and Long Lake sit along Big Moose Lake. There's many lakes in the area, but Big Moose Lake is popular because of its remoteness, mm. its climate, and of course you saw like how beautiful it was. Gorgeous. It doesn't get overly hot in the summer, and in the winter the lake freezes over, but stays above zero. So it's just a really nice place to like hang out. I grew up going to a lake okay. in Wisconsin. Mm. and A I, lot of lakes up there. A lot of lakes. Very similar, I feel like, mm-hmm. to New York, where it's just like a bunch of lakes scattered. It's sort of like post-glacial, like, kind yeah. of, right? Like everything receded and just left a bunch of lakes there. Absolutely, uh, yeah. It is very similar. And like, water skiing on lakes is one of my favorite things to Really? Do. It's so much fun. Swimming in lakes, like, it's maybe, just... Maybe I've like seen too many cartoons where like somebody's <laughs> on water skis and they're like flailing around. I'm 100%. like, that's gonna be me. I can't have that out there. Well, it's definitely... I... Ha- I there was one time when I was learning where I went over the wake uh-huh. and I, it just got too fast for my uh, experience mm-hmm. and my right ski came over and slapped my left shin Oh, and no. I was just in the water and because the water was like coldish yeah. like I didn't really feel it at first so I was like let's go again and then when I got back in the boat Shut up. just like blood pouring down my <laughs> like, oh no the most beautiful bruise along my shin like it was just like rough did it like but, break anything no thank god like I've not broken anything oh, but see yeah you're not helping me get out on the lake on the <laughs> skis right now I was like I'm so justified I mean, yeah, swimming, boating, it's all really It's all fun, though. I'll get in a, um, what's the, what are those, the, uh, the inner tube, though, oh, off the yes. back of the boat. Oh, That's my shit. My favorite is the banana. Yes. Where, like, five people sit on it. Because I'm I... sitting. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's what it is. Let me yeah. sit at high speeds. Huge fan of that. Um, I love it. Got it. So I see why they were there at the <laughs> lake. That makes sense. They also wanted to go hiking in the Adirondacks. It's just, like, a really popular area. But in the winter, there's cross-country skiing. There's snowmobiling, which I've never done, but I would love Same. to go snowmobiling. Oh my god, yeah, I would love that. Love it. Do you watch Real Housewives? Sorry. I never have. No, okay. no, no, no. I'm not super into Real Housewives, uh-huh. but there's a couple that I'll like dabble in. Sure. Currently, Salt Lake City is like this current season. And I know they got snowmobiles out really there. Good. Oh my yes. god. They just the last episode they watched um cross country ski and watched them fall down and stuff like that. It's <laughs> one of the funniest. <laughs> real bloopers, real <laughs> exactly. real silly stuff. Oh, I love that. Because they're you know, they're dressed to the nines. Of they're course. like and no, they're the most beautiful snowsuits on. Yeah. And there's a lot of egos there. <laughs> so when people fall with egos, that's what <laughs> we love to see it. Um, it's so good. Very entertaining. Um, yeah, so Big Moose Lake just became really popular in the late 1800s after mm-hmm. the railroad was constructed through the wilderness of New York. Wealthy families like the Vanderbilts, the Morgans, the Glenmores, they built expensive, huge summer homes on the lake. It's just that kind of vibe. That there. country. Very much so. 
and then of course there's hotels and lodges for the poorer people but Mm -hmm, still mm -hmm. a fun getaway a roadside motel for you please yeah (laughs) exactly uh so on july 11th 1906 grace and chester decided to take a rowboat out on big moose lake it was a beautiful day and they wanted to enjoy their get away as much as they could before obviously going back to work mm-hmm. i personally am horrible when it comes to going on vacation and then coming back from vacation i'm oh. the worst person to be around i'm desperate yeah and like depressed miserable and like yeah it's like i'm not happy i'm not fun to be around uh, so yes. i get the vibe it's yes. like i want to just enjoy it we're, we're here we only got a few more days left we exactly. are here we are present exactly <laughs> little did they know i assume Well, yeah. The couple were out rowing for the entire day, but by the evening, only one would return. No. So. Do I get to guess? If you want. (laughs) Oh my god. I'm going to leave it there for a second, so do we have a, yeah, first thoughts. Um, wow. The bags thing feels like such a detail, you know what I mean? Where I'm like, yeah, you know, like, what? You know, I want to say, like, well, you know, Chester's traveling light. Yeah. You know, he's probably going to make it out of this. But I don't know. There's something about, like, a woman who works on the floor in a factory that says, like, survivalist to me. Who's, like, going to make it, despite all the bags. Maybe she's got some stuff in there that will, you know... Final girl. Yeah, exactly. Yes, very final girl. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. Uh uh-huh. Especially in 1906, when, like, women did not work. Like, that was not Feels very... Yeah. Yeah. Um, She knows how to use her hands at a skirt Strong, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> resourceful. So the question becomes: Who were Grace and Chester? Mm-hmm. Grace May Brown was born on March twentieth, eighteen eighty-six, in South Oatselic, New York. Okay, Pisces, Aries, cusp. Maybe. A, okay. A. She was the middle child of three, maybe four. It's unclear. It's also the early nineteen hundreds, so documentation back then was. Not oh, the best. Yeah. I feel like back then also, like, dudes were just having multiple families. Very you much. You know, they just yes. had kids with anybody. They didn't <laughs> care, and you could never find it. Yeah, yeah it's, the case is over 100 years old. Mm-hmm. It's one of those. She grew up on a dairy farm and worked as a farmhand. So even though women don't really work back then, it was a family business. She attended a one-room grammar school where she quickly became friends with a teacher named Maud Crum. And I just had to put her name in there because I love that name, Maud Crum. Sounds like like very miserable. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's, like it's me, Mrs. Crum. Mrs. Crum, mm, yes. Uh, she was, I hope she was a sweetie. I mean, I think I'd be miserable in a one-room boarding. They're not boarding, but like school. Here I am, yeah, yeah. right? This is my whole life. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, this is what I did this for, yeah. Teaching kindergartners up to high school level kids in one room, like I would... Sick of these kids. <laughs> Get them out of here. Exactly. Yeah. Grace loved the song Bill Bailey. Have you heard that song? Why do I feel like that's an old, like a very old, like almost like bluegrass tradition? Like, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think I maybe have, but they had like six songs back then. You know what I mean? And you (laughs) loved them. And you just, you loved them no matter what. Absolutely. (laughs) No, it was her favorite song. Uh, Won't you please come, or it's Bill Bailey, parentheses, won't you please come home is essentially the full title, but everybody called it Bill Bailey. Uh, and she had a fascination with Billy the Kid, which Ooh. I think is interesting. Uh, but both loves led Grace to gain the nickname Billy, which I think is really cute. Oh, that and is. she signed all her letters as The Kid, which I'm obsessed with Grace Brown. If she like, doesn't she's... survive, I will be furious. Oh my God. I love her. I love her too. Oh. Billy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think it's super cute. But after turning 18, Grace wanted to leave the small town, as we all living in New York City we all (laughs) so she moved in with her recently married sister in Cortland New York she got a job at the newly opened Gillette skirt factory like Gillette the Gillette I don't think so and that's what with the razors I know it was kind of hard to tell but I don't think so his uncle that Gillette was really like wealthy Mm -hmm. and well known but it's because in the skirt factory and like that kind of thing. That was enough, I feel yeah, like, for the time. Yeah, for the time. Chester Gillette was born on August 9th, 1883 in Wicks, Montana. 
Oh. Which was just a territory back then. So his parents oh were wiling out back. <laughs> they were like, let's move to Montana. Pre, pre oh, fuck, Yellowstone era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. He was only a few months old when his parents relocated to Spokane, Washington, mm. where they lost a decent amount of their money to the Great Spokane Fire of 1889. So they went from, I think, having oh, like no. family money to like poor. That's how it's very right for Spokane. Have you ever been through there? I have not. Just incredibly depressing place. <laughs> no, seriously. Well, it's just like Western Washington or Eastern Washington yeah, yeah. is just like kind of like a high desert. So it's a little oh, desolate gotcha. and like, it's just, it, you know, I'm from that, the West Coast. Right. And so like, I know a town with methy vibes when I, when I drive <laughs> through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Spokane, Washington has them. <laughs> um, so there's usually a reason why there's methy vibes too. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Big time. Yeah, I've only, I haven't spent much time, much time on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. I've only been to LA. For sure. I think that's it. Great. I mean, and I would great. love to go. somebody bring us back to LA somebody (laughs) take us on a west coast tour we're talking Seattle, Portland, San Francisco we're Uh, available Yeah, let's go I'm literally always available (laughs) I'll check out Spokane even if it's just through a drive by fly me out I don't mind Yeah, (laughs) fly me out absolutely Uh, they yeah relocated to Spokane, Washington they lost all their money in this great fire in 1889 his parents became very religious the people on this podcast know my dogs that live behind me and are they famous celebrities they don't shut up yeah they love talking they are going at it right now they heard me talking about spokane they were like don't you say that (laughs) yeah the german shepherds are gonna eat your ass (laughs) come get me uh yeah his parents like lost all this money and they became really religious because of it and so they turned to the salvation army Mm. they traveled up and down the west coast as well as spending time in hawaii which fun times in the late 1800s early 1900s how did you get out there then <laughs> just them rowing oh yeah really oh my god a sailboat <laughs> exactly. i don't know what boats were like this is full disclaimer i don't know anything about boats oh no i'm gonna back you on that one yeah, <laughs> yeah. A so sailboat much. all the way from i don't know san diego <laughs> san, yeah san diego la san francisco right. somewhere which yeah. at that time weren't even cities really they were it's all they territories. Were, they were then, very like, new. California became a state. I'm so all right. Let's thank do a you, history. <laughs> California became a state in 1850. Oh, okay. Because gold was discovered in 1849, mm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Make it a state. Hurry up. <laughs> get that. Get that in here." The government the, needs the money. Yeah, and yeah. the Mexican-American War had just ended, so we were very like, gotcha. "Do it now. Do it now. Yeah, and yeah, get yeah. the gold. That's us. That's ours yeah, yeah, now." Yeah. So um, they were all very infant, but okay. it, it was. Um, they were burgeoning. New, burgeoning, very much. Yes. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Gotcha. Because of the traveling that they did when Chester was young, he didn't get much schooling. But because his uncle was wealthy, his uncle put him through school at Oberlin College. Wow, Nepo baby. A little Chester, prep school. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, Chester didn't vi- last very long in college, obviously, and he dropped out in 1903. I think he made it like two years, and then he was like, school's not for me. Same, Chester, same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he worked random jobs, but in 1905, his uncle that owned the Gillette Skirt Factory offered Chester a job. And of course, because it's a Nepo baby, he didn't work at the bottom. He immediately got manager position. Right to middle management. Exactly. Uh, oh, gosh. So when Grace and Chester met at the factory, it was a whirlwind of a romance. Both thought to be very attractive, especially for a smaller town like Copeland, New York. We're talking like the biggest fish in the pond here, yeah. Very much so. They found each other, inevitably. I'm actually going to show you a picture of them. Oh, that's good, because I do want to rate, you know, I, I need to know. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> I'll be the judge of how sexy they were. How sexy they were in 1906. I feel like the standards were also low. Oh, okay though. I I'm I'm getting it actually. Right. Um, Chester's kind of got like, not fully, but like maybe like a little JGL thing going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe just a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think Gracie, you know, Billy here is like a charisma. You know what I mean? She's cute. She's very cute, but like she seems like cool as hell. She looks like she has her wits together, like and big like, time. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like gonna be really fun. Yes, like absolutely. Uh, a cute, sexy, like hang. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, yeah, for cr- sure. Crazy girl. But they like it makes sense together. They make sense. I'm seeing them. Yeah, yeah this yeah. is right. I'm like, I'll take it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> I would love if they saw me from across the bar and liked my vibe. You know <laughs> exactly. what I mean? I'd be like, all right, let's do it. Like, oh wow, me? Yeah. Okay. I'll go. I'll go. Home. I'll go home to the factory with them. Yeah. So because of Chester's family wealth, and because he was like you were saying, big fish in a small pond situation, he did catch the attention of multiple multiple women in the area, mm-hmm. especially the upper class women, mm-hmm. and of course Grace Brown is of lower class, mm-hmm. a farmer skirt factory worker you know so it wasn't really like it was a little taboo to have them date Mm -hmm. even though they did you know love each other quickly (laughs) but it was scandalous is all i'm saying Mm. chester was able to convince grace to see him without a chaperone which at that time was a huge no-no wild oh my god so at the time a proper date involved a gentleman caller who would come to the house of a woman he liked and the two would have a date in the house mm-hmm. with a chaperone in the room. Usually like a sister, brother, best friend <laughs> situation. Which is wild to think about these it's days. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> Bring that back. Just for the drama. I just need to see what how that works. I'm going to sit here and knit. You two have fun in and, the other corner. And especially because it's New York, like it's not people who are related. It's just like my roommate, Brad, <laughs> exactly. has to be here. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He's watching us. Um, he's just going to hang and play video games, but uh, <laughs> exactly. we, we're good. We can kick it. Oh my God, I love that. It's so funny. Uh, every date had to involve a chaperone until a marriage proposal was offered. So it wasn't just the first date. It was literally every fucking date. A courtship. Yeah. It's, I could never... <laughs> No, never. No. Uh, For Grace, seeing a man without a chaperone would risk her reputation around town. Of course, men aren't really held responsible, even though Chester's the one being like, yeah, it's fine. Come hang out with me. We don't need a chaperone. He was like, I'm willing to put your reputation on the line. I don't care. A hundred percent. Chester, Chester. (laughs) But she did it anyway. She risked it. And if that's the case, again, my reputation is low as possible because if I'm hanging out with people all the time. Oh my God, no chaperone. They kept their relationship a secret, but Grace was falling in love with Chester, even though she knew he was seeing other women. So dimensions here. Yeah. He's seeing other women again for his reputation because he can't be seen with a Uh lower class Uh woman. One of the street rats. Exactly. Uh Yeah. Her friends warned Grace about the type of man Chester was aka a player a womanizer yep but because (laughs) hey if you gotta listen to your friends you have to listen to your friends this is what community is about it really is uh but because she grew up on a farm she didn't have much experience in the dating world you know she didn't really (laughs) there weren't really men around (laughs) like no so she just didn't know she just didn't know she didn't have the street smarts at that point she saw a handsome man and that could provide a great life for her I don't blame her trying no. to jump up in station. You know what I mean? Like you kind of got to just like make a wild play sometimes and, and go for yep. it. And not having chaperone in the room is that play. It's like, well, do I risk it for my future? You sometimes got to risk well, it. Well, I feel like she was like, well, I'm going to like, I'm going to like get him sprung. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to like give him some before the other girls do and be like, he's going to love me. You know yes. what I mean? I'm hoping, you know, we'll see. As the relationship heated up, Grace realized she was pregnant. I know. Of course. You're telling me they weren't practicing safe sex in, <laughs> in 1906? In the late 1800s? <laughs> no. Of course, there was nothing worse than being an unwed mother. So Grace begged Chester to marry her, to save her reputation, of course. He continually procrastinated. So Grace moved home where Grace and Chester would exchange love letters. Mm. Chester would title the letter, quote, to Billy, and would say things he didn't know how he would go a week without her is essentially what he was saying. Mm. So he was still like, he did love her. He did, he was in it. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Grace's letters expressed love and faith in Chester, the first of the letters was dated June 19th, 1906, and it read, quote, Chester, I have done nothing but cry since I got here. If you were only here, I would not feel so bad. I knew I should worry all the time. I do try to 
brave deer, but how can I when I, everything goes wrong? I cannot help thinking you will never come for me. But then I say that you can't be so mean as that. And besides, you told me you would come and you have never disappointed me when you said you would not. Everything worries me and I am so frightened, dear. Unquote. I've so been her. Oh my God. Oh <laughs> You've my written God. that exact I've letter. I've so been her. Um, okay, so, and this is, we're talking that, so that date, that's like a month essentially before they go to the lake. Um... Yeah, a month. Yeah. Right, right around there. Yeah. Okay. All right. They got. Absolutely. They moved fast after. All right. Okay. Yeah, because they met in 1905, mm-hmm. and this is like spring summer 1906. Mm-hmm. So the, it's got it. honeymoon phase. Speaking of which. Oh, that's the name of my band. That's right. Yeah, you could you follow us, go listen to us. We're on all the, um, the all the streaming services, all the socials. Yeah, the honeymoon yeah, yeah. phase. That's us. Nice. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. Great but... time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was a whirlwind romance. It was a honeymoon mm-hmm. phase. They were still like lusting, loving after each other, but beautiful. It was sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There was like there was estrangement in a way. Very much so, because especially because she can't tell anybody about her pregnancy. Like Chester's the only person she's told and will tell because, like, not even her mother. Mm-hmm. She's like so stuck in the secret that like I don't know. Nothing will make her feel better at this point. No, and to be sad. alone like that is yeah. like that's the scariest thing. And I think like when she reached out and was like, "We need to get married," and he kind of gave like a wishy washy answer. You know, that also makes you feel even worse. Mm. In her love letters, Grace talks about wanting to die, which I feel like at that time was a very common expression. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, we use it today and as like a metaphorical like. Oh, yeah, we're very, like, uh, I'm in a KMS. Like, I'm going to kill myself. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. online, it's very, yeah, 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 it's yeah. similar vibes. Yeah. I think it's that kind of thing. Like, I love you so much. Like, without you, I feel like I want to die. Like, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's like, nothing better than saying that. You know what I mean? When you're, like, <laughs> when you're so down bad for somebody, you're like, I would fucking die if I couldn't have you. That feels <laughs> exactly. very, feels very good. It feels very it luxurious. You know, very, very wasting away. Um, Absolutely. But also, unwed mothers in the early 1900s they often died of suicide because death was more appealing than ridicule and outcast from being pregnant and not being married it's it's just truly unhinged (laughs) it's just like that time period is like it's not like we've made a ton of progress but my god it was that's so scary it's so nuts society believing that being unmarried is like the worst it could be is simply the worst it could be yeah her letters grace's letters also sound as if she isn't feeling well like some sort of morning sickness mm. or something because she talks about needing bed rest and not being able to enjoy the fourth of july so there's that's part of her letters there's like a lot of letters exchanged mm-hmm. she's writing almost a letter a day and each one she is desperately pleading for him to visit her and take care of her mm-hmm and take her away from her house again. She says she expects to live differently and that she can give up a lot of things for him. So she's also like, look, I'll make, um, what is that word? Uh, sacrifices. sacrifices. She's making concessions. Yeah, yeah. She's exactly. starting to, I think she might have a codependency problem. I mean, be honest, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Chester doesn't respond to every letter because he claims he is busy. But on June 22nd, he says, quote, don't worry so much and think less about how you feel. I cannot get away before the 7th or 8th, and I do not think there is any need to worry before then, unquote. I understand where he's coming from. It's like, chill, things are fine, mm-hmm. we'll figure it out. But also, like, don't tell her how to feel. <laughs> yeah, and also, like, this is like your pregnant girlfriend. Exactly. Like, we're going to need a little bit more compassion than this, I think, probably, Chester. 100%. He's doing some, like, classic fuckboy stuff right now. Yes. I'm just really busy. I can't I can't write a letter every day. I'm <laughs> exactly. so busy. Um, I'll see you soon. You're see you laid so up soon. at home, not feeling well. I'm sorry. Well, I'll get, I'll get we're, there. I'll get there. Oh, yeah. boy. On July 2nd, he writes, quote, Dear Kid, I think it is best that you should go to Hamilton next Monday morning and meet me there. It would be better to go where we are not known so we can leave there that day. Although I don't know where we can or will go, unquote. 
So he's trying to like meet up with her, but he doesn't want to make it obvious mm-hmm. that like he's the father of this baby, right. and so they're going to this town that nobody really knows them. Mm-hmm. Grace packs everything she owns and meets up with Chester on July 9th to start their wedding trip. Got it. Things have progressed. Yes. I think in the letters it comes across as like he wants to marry her mm-hmm. and he wants to take her on this trip before they like get married essentially. Mm-hmm. And so in her mind, he's taking her away. Yep, the whole thing. So that's, she packs everything up. She's mm-hmm. like, okay, let's go. Let's do it. Hence all the bags. Yes. Got it, got it, got it. But before we continue, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back in a second. I just want to grab your thoughts before we continue how you feel mm. has your has your opinion changed about the la- since the last time we it has in? it has <laughs> i'm finding i'm finding it shifting constantly as new details are revealed or yeah, sort yeah. of new backstory is revealed um i'll be honest i'm worried for my girl grace here um Fair. there's sort of um putting herself in a very vulnerable position for this man Chester and like you know a sort of someone goes missing on the lake and like there's a lot of social situations I could see him really benefiting from getting out of fair you know by sort of like having this like out of wedlock child uh you know the the um high class low class sort of aspect of their relationship um famously it's been, it happened in a lot of movies, sort of like a Godfather thing as well. Like, you don't go out on the rowboat with another person on the lake. Well, yeah. That's just a, <laughs> that's a big, you gotta really trust somebody. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they've built that, I'll say. These well, kids. I was gonna say, yeah, I don't think, she is putting a lot of trust into him. A lot. And they've known each other for maybe a year. Maybe a year. Maybe. Already pregnant. <laughs> Exactly. She's like living in exile in Cortland, New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A nightmare. Um, I'm like more power to her, mm-hmm. but also, I love a girl that's following her heart. I do. Yeah, but yeah, uh-huh. so I'm, I'm a little concerned. I'm just a little yeah. concerned. That's all. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. And the, the, and I and we haven't even got to the ghost part yet. Where no. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> okay, so we're at Big Moose Lake now. Got it. 20-year-old Grace, 22-year-old Chester. Okay. They rent a rowboat from a man named Robert Morrison the morning of July 11th, 1906. Okay. It was expected that the couple would return before dinner, but when they didn't, Robert became concerned. Which, it is his rowboat, so I'd be pissed off too. I'd be like, where the That's fuck just my is stuff. my rowboat? <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, like, this is my whole business, I assume. Yeah, exactly. Do you think he had, like, a sort of, like, Central Park, like, rowboats kind of, like... A hundred percent. he was like, I've got a bunch, but it's one of my rentals. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. bring that back. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. I think that was the vibe, for sure. Mm-hmm. The following morning, Robert, with the help of a couple other men, searched the lake for Grace and Chester. They discovered the rowboat turned upside down, with Grace's jacket laying on the bottom of the boat, as well as Chester's hat floating nearby. Oh, no. Okay. They spread out, and not far from the capsized rowboat, they found Grace's body. (sighs) The men contacted authorities, and an autopsy was done on Grace's body, discovering that she had drowned, but also that she was four months pregnant. The newspaper headline on July 13th, 1906 read, quote, girl drowned, escort missing, unquote. Oh, okay. For a second, I thought they called her an escort. No. I was like, oh <laughs> Yeah, different. God. No, no, no. Different okay. term of the escort. Uh, I see, yes. Though, I would not put it past them back then to call a woman an escort. You know what I mean? I yeah, feel like yeah. that's where it came from, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, Chester's just at large right now? Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> the following day... Chester was arrested in the nearby in the nearby town of Inlet, New York, where he had checked into a hotel with his one suitcase. 
So that's where we are. Mm. Do we... Okay, before we get into this... Right. What do you think occurred on the lake? I mean, it it looks very clear-cut out here. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? A, so A, I'm wondering where all her stuff is. Right. It was all her bags. Did they, like, check them in at a hotel? No, he's got his bag. Yeah, I'm assuming that they're at the lodge where they were staying at Before, Big Moose Lake. Pre, pre, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just bounced out to it. He couldn't come back to Barrel. I mean, yeah, it's it's looking very much like my man Chester killed right. his pregnant girlfriend to get right. out of a sticky situation. Right. Rich guys, they do that. Yeah. This is a they thing. They sure do. This is a whole thing. This is <laughs> yeah. a tale as old as time. Um, the question I had when I was reading this was... Okay, so he has his bag checked mm-hmm. into this new hotel yeah. under his own name. Did he bring the bag on the rowboat with him? Yeah. Or did he go back to their lodge, grab his bag, and then... Which, like, you think somebody would have seen a sort of, like, wet man walking well, around the town going to get his bag or checking right. in. There'd be a, uh, some sort of reference at the hotel. They would have been like, oh, yes, he checked back in and checked out. Right, right, right. Um, no, he's looking very sus right now. Very um, sus. <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. I, like, I think there was a struggle maybe he threw over the boat and, you know. Um, okay. I don't know. But again, there's something, something, something happened out there. Okay. Detective Castro on the case. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Chester was arrested, right? Mm-hmm. His trial began November 12th, 1906. His uncle refused to pay for his defense, which I think is fascinating. Hilarious. Yes. His uncle, who's been like supporting Funding his whole everything. Life, yeah. Exactly. He was like, this is the last straw. A hundred. Yeah, apparently. Well, he's like very like fail son. You know what I mean? He's very, yeah. that's the vibe here. And like, you know what? We've put up, we've, we've tried to help you out your whole life. Yeah. Like, you killed someone. We're done with it. You, you could know? have gone to college, but instead you're going to... Instead you're on trial. In yeah. Moose Lake, you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. He, uh, because his uncle didn't pay for it, he was assigned defense lawyers, Albert Mills and Charles Thomas. Mm. They knew that the circumstantial evidence against Chester was not looking good. Looking pretty bad, yep. yeah. <laughs> and could uh, easily sway a jury. Easily. He was on the boat with Grace... He left the scene and didn't alert anyone. And he had gotten Grace pregnant and refused to marry her. So, like, right there, those are, like, three nails in your coffin. This is why I <laughs> never get selected for jury duty, because I'm very biased. Like, I, if, if anybody told me even the basic details of yeah, this yeah. case, I'm like, guilty. <laughs> I don't need to hear anything else. He did it. Have you been asked to serve on a jury before? Oh, yeah. I wiggle out of it every time. Okay. Like, how, I'll many, just... how many times have you been... Only in New York, only twice. Okay. Um, but in California before as well. And I'll always just be like, um, uh, I I, uh, I don't like the cops or something. And they'll be like, cool, all right, well, get him out of yeah, here. Yeah, yeah that's absolutely. not going to work. I've been asked three times, and I served once. Mm-hmm. I served during, like, a traffic accident situation. Uh-huh. And it was fascinating to, like, watch the process. The process. And, like, yeah, no, no, totally. I was bored out of my mind. It's horrible. <laughs> You're sitting in the drabest building, exactly. county courtroom, whatever that there is. And they're yeah. like, we give you $12 a day for lunch. Exactly. Come on. It's like, shut up. Get me out of here. Not yeah. enough money. The only trial I would ever want to sit on is, like, a murder case. A big, high-profile yes, one. Yes, 100%. Because yeah. this traffic traffic case I did was, like, a lot of doctors talking about, like, mm. well, he may have had this, like, like spine issue because of this accident, and this is why. And I'm, like, snoozy. Like, yeah. I can't. Oh, no, no, no. I want to be, God. like, known as juror number five. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> exactly. very famously. and like Interviewed were, after the case. Yes, with, yeah. the, with the, like, voice modulator <laughs> and, the, and the blacked out face. And just, like, yeah, yeah. hello, it's me, juror number five, you know? Um, <laughs> absolutely that's the only way i want to do it yeah. one of the best parts though when i did serve this was like probably 10 years or something like that ago uh one of the women on the jury with me she's like oh yeah i used to swim in the jeffrey Dahmer's pool and stuff like that as a kid and like we all knew him and it's like that conversation was more fascinating than the jur- the whole case that i had to listen yeah, to I for like to... three days wait tell me more yeah <laughs> exactly. get a camera on her yeah please uh, but yeah, I'm with you. It's like, I can't, these jury, these jurors, especially in 1906, would have been like, oh no, like. And if you're telling me right now, Blake, that this man is about to get up on the stand <laughs> and say that some ghost shit happened, 
I am throwing this man in jail so fucking fast. Oh my god. Okay, I want to hear it though. Oh my god. Okay. Chester's story was that Grace jumped into the water on her own accord, possibly to kill herself, and by her jumping into the lake, it caused the boat to flip, sending Chester into the water. When Chester came up, he could not find Grace. Mm. So he swam to shore and ran. Okay. And the defense was claiming that Chester was a coward, essentially. His own defense was like, mm-hmm. he's a coward. <laughs> but a coward is not a murderer, is essentially Classic their... defense. Yeah. <laughs> the coward defense. Oh yes. my god, that's beautiful. He did not do the right he's thing. He's a bad person, but yeah. not for that reason. Exactly. Not for the reason that you're all here to convict him today. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. They said that he was trying to run away from a murder. He wouldn't have gotten a hotel. Like, if he was trying to get, like, he wouldn't have gotten a hotel. He would have kept running. Yeah. Yeah. The hotel was really close to Big Moose Mm -hmm. Lake, and he checked in under his own name. Mm -hmm. So that's, like, part of the defense. It's like, if he actually murdered her, he wouldn't have done all these things. Mm -hmm. The (laughs) prosecution used the medical evidence to suggest that Chester hit Grace over the head with a row or tennis racket he had in his bag when they were tossed overboard. So he did bring his bag on the boat with him, and there was a tennis racket in his bag. What a country club-ass murder weapon. Oh my god, yes. it was the tennis racket. My question is, I did not read anything about there being tennis balls in his bag. I did not read anything about two tennis rackets so she could play tennis with him. I... Hmm. Why is there only one tennis racket? Why? He was like, that's, he like zeroed in. He's like, that's what I'm doing it with. It's the Uh, tennis racket. I guess. It's also like, why are you bringing a tennis racket on a rowboat in the middle of the lake with you? So that's like the prosecution stance. Uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Goofy is exactly Mm -hmm. the correct word. But the defense claimed that the rowboat, when it flipped after Grace jumped out, the rowboat hit Grace in the head, making her unconscious, and then she drowned. Sure. Okay. All very plausible, I suppose. Right. So. If you if you assume that she's just down to jump out of this boat. Right. Right. So your thought as a jury member would be what? I mean, well, the problem here is that I feel like back then. Yeah. You could get a jury of like 12 dudes and you could be like. She was simply crazy. Yes. Um, this was a, a woman scorned, and she jumped out of the boat, and they'd all be like, mm, yes, yes, mm-hmm, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. And, like, that's insane. Yeah. But, like, that's very much what was going down very at common. the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, yes, she had the, you know, she had the night crazies or something. You know what I mean? Like, whatever they wanted to say. Yeah. Um, it was that time of the month. Yeah, yeah, like, literally, yeah, yeah, yeah. where they could do that. So I, I can see that happening. I'm sitting in here like, this guy <laughs> this guy murdered this person um yeah i think my question like we did talk about how you know in her letter she talks so much about wanting to die and i think that's like the defense is saying she talked about wanting to die did they bring the letters out yeah yeah, yeah. oh dang they like all the letters were kept they read all the letters it was like that much yeah so everybody let this be a lesson to you in those love letters, you you think <laughs> about those later. You make sure that you're not putting any incriminating evidence in the oh, love letters. Hundred percent, yeah. So I don't know. It's uh, I'm torn because mm-hmm. I I do think Chester killed her. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's enough evidence to really convict, convict. him mm-hmm. in like our in our legal right. Like, perhaps if, like, forensic technology of today had been around, they might right. have been able to do it. But given right. the time, it was like, yeah, everything's stacked against her. Yeah, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. The question is, was Chester afraid that Grace, a commoner, mm-hmm. would bring him down socially and would ruin his chances of marrying rich and having a better life? Or did Chester tell Grace that he was not going to marry her? So Grace killed herself to save herself from public disgrace. Mm. Those are the conflicting like thoughts. Ooh. I could see it. She, <laughs> she was acting wild. I could maybe see it. I don't know. I, I just feel like um, even so, a mother then, a young mother wouldn't also kill their baby. Fair. I don't know. Hmm. That's interesting. After a few months in prison, Chester began recording his thoughts. 
he kept a journal or a diary of his dreams in life and his recognition that this ordeal will have a poor effect on his family, mm. but he never admitted guilt. It actually reads more as if he thought he was, like he would be released. Like so, he did get convicted though. Well. We're not there yet. Oh, but I see. Okay, he's in prison. Between trial and oh, sentencing sure. and yes, stuff yes. like that, he was recording all these like thoughts and stuff. And in their journals, read as if like, when I'm released, I will have all these things to do and look forward to, and I'll live a better life mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. On December fourth, nineteen oh six, five months later, after the death, the jury announced its verdict. Mm-hmm. After a couple of hours of deliberation, they found Chester Gillette guilty of murdering Grace Brown. Wow. The judge asked Chester if he would like to say anything before being sentenced to death. To death? That's Those were the times. You kill someone, you die. Those were the times. They were doing eye for an eye <laughs> yep, at the moment. Absolutely. Oh, wow. He said, quote, I desire to state that I'm innocent of this crime and therefore, therefore ought not to be punished. I think that's it. That is all, is what he said. Dang, he was just like, oh, short and simple. Yeah. I didn't do it. Don't kill me, please. Yep. That's it. Yep. 100%. Oh, wow. Chester was sentenced to death by electric chair. Oh, I knew it. They loved it back then. They loved the electric chair. His lawyers appealed, but on March 30th, 1908, Chester was electrocuted to death. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. A year and a half later, he was, yeah. Killed. They got right to it. <laughs> yeah. Nowadays, it's kind of death row's a long thing. Yeah. yeah they were, back then, they were like, get him in there. Yep. Oh, Quick wow. and easy. Well, not easy, but yeah. Mm-mm. Not yeah. <laughs> so, I talk a lot on this podcast about, like, how I struggle with this case because there isn't a lot of real evidence it's all very circumstantial mm. and i tr- i personally don't believe in the death penalty so it's the same one of those situations yeah. um especially when again there's not hard proof of a murder yeah per se um again i do believe chester should have been sentenced to life mm. <laughs> but i understand that's like not how things worked back then and that's no. not how the law was back then the prosecution did not prove without a reasonable doubt that chester murdered grace but like you were saying, if it was today and they could like the print of the tennis racket yeah. on the forehead or the, like the hair, they could have found the body probably. They could have like dredged a lake and found a body yeah, easier yeah. or whatever. Fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think today it would have been easier, but back then I don't know. Wow. The case was so popular in the media newspapers, mm-hmm. etc., that the author Theodore Drezier wrote his 1925 book, An American Tragedy, based on the case. Oh. Have you ever heard of An American Tragedy? No. Apparently it was super popular back mm-hmm. then. They even made a movie based on American Tragedy. Oh, shit. It was sort of the Da Vinci Code of its time. Very, very, <laughs> a very bit. popular, very popular. The case actually, like, inspired two books, or two movies, sorry, An American Tragedy in 1931, based on the book, and A Place in the Sun, which came out in 1951, which featured goddess Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, wow. It was, like, nominated for Oscars. And yeah, 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 It okay. was, like, huge. Uh, there's also a song called Ballad of Big Moose Lake, based mm-hmm. on the case. They even talk about everybody this is good it's giving me a couple of songs to research absolutely between this and the, the bill bailey yeah, one. Yeah, yeah an american tragedy has also been turned into an opera that appeared uh premiered at the met opera in 2005 which i think is interesting what this case okay, has wow. gotten a lot of attention yeah, yeah ever since grace's death people have seen her ghost wandering big moose lake there are reports of fog rolling in on the lake and Grace's ghost emerging from the fog. Oh. Which would... I mean, I've had my own ghost experiences. I've shared them a lot on this podcast. But that would be terrifying. Right. Like, somebody walking on water emerging from the fog. Bit of a serve. <laughs> it really just is. Just out. Just very <laughs> exactly. missed behind you. Um, That is insane, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, ooh. It would be a beautiful sight. But yes. then also, like... Okay, I've seen enough. I need to go. Yeah, like, go take a picture. We need <laughs> exactly. to get out of here. We need to get out of here right now. Exactly. 
Uh, her ghost will also hang out in certain cabins by the lake. Oh. People have seen her ghost standing on a balcony looking out over the lake. And then as you, like, watch her, she'll just, like, disappear into the mist of, like, whatever's around. Very mist-based. Yes, very one. much so. It's giving, like, a, a woman in white kind of, mm-hmm. that kind of vibe. Mm. Uh, sometimes several people will see the ghost at one time, which is also something you don't really see. It's like, right. usually ghosts are like one-on-one interactions, I feel. Yes. Like, you'll tell people and you're like, you're crazy. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I experienced this one thing and everyone's like, I didn't see that. But this is like... To have mm, that sort of communal experience. Yes, yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. I feel like, okay, I'm just having a thought mm-hmm. just because like, it's it's a case that got so much coverage right. and was in so many people's heads that like I don't know it almost like I, f- I do also believe in like collective consciousness yeah, yeah. and like that like if enough people believe something is real and are aligned about what it looks like and yeah. what it is that you can have a thing like that yeah. where people do see it and I don't even think that makes it not real or anything yeah, yeah. I'm just like that's just very ooh no, that's a good point. Like, it was super popular. So, especially in the early 1900s, everybody knew about this case. Everybody knew it happened on Big Moose Lake. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you're going to stay a week or weekend or whatever at Big Moose Lake, you're fully aware of... And you almost, like, expect it. Exactly. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're like, when? Ooh. You're, you're, you're <laughs> like... Waiting for it. Which I yeah. think is something that's so important when we talk about, like, ghosts and the supernatural and all this stuff that, like, there is an element of, like, sometimes needing to believe first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, just being open. Right. And being, like, curious and interested to see what you see. Right, right, right. Um, Oh, that's very cool. I think every time I have visited, I take ghost tours in every city I visit. Mm -hmm. And every time I've visited places that are haunted or have thought to be haunted or whatever, I've never experienced anything. Mm -hmm. It's always when I'm, like, least expecting it. When I don't know a place is haunted, it comes out of nowhere is when it, like happens to me comes to you yeah yeah yeah, 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 exactly so i think like you were saying it's like you have to be open to it Mm -hmm. but not necessarily like looking Looking. for it yeah it's a lot like love it is it's a lot ghost love love, baby there's your new song a lot like love (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah that's nice that's a good writing writing (laughs) putting in the iphone notes here the witnesses know it's grace that they're seeing a because of the case was really popular but Mm. today like present day when the case isn't really well known necessarily i feel like uh people today i mean we didn't know this case before Mm. researching it Mm -hmm. people will see a photo of her in a lodge or something like that Uh and they'll be like that's the woman i saw last night Ooh, oh i love that the later verification yes exactly i saw wait it's her yeah 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 yeah, yeah. where it's like i think i saw a ghost last night and then you're just walking down the hall and you see her photo and it's like what the fuck (laughs) that is the person i saw which i love would you visit the lodge lake of course i would yeah yeah. i mean i would again we 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 talked about this i'm such a scaredy cat yeah yeah. i would like have to go with people you know what i mean like i cannot that's fair i'm not brave enough to sort of go to a haunted place by myself and see what happens like as long as i'm with people in a group and i can kind of like be like Ha ha ha! Like kind of jokey yeah, about yeah. it, and kind of like uh, th- then I can go. But otherwise, I'm like, Ooh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, um, not that she doesn't seem like she's malevolent or harmful. No, she sort of just, just appears, kind of hanging out, chilling. Yeah yeah, 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 hanging at the lake like she always wanted to do. Exactly. Let this girl have a vacation <laughs> at the lake, people. Oh my she God. deserves. I always, so far in the podcast, I feel like ninety percent of the time we see a ghost because there's like. Uh, the justice hasn't been served, you know, right. like someone was killed, but the person wasn't convicted or whatever the case may mm-hmm. be. And that's why there's a ghost. This is like interesting to me because he did go, he was murdered. He was mm-hmm. killed. He was mm-hmm. lawfully killed because he murdered her. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, okay, then why is her ghost hanging out? Maybe, you know, I'm sort of like taking a different angle yeah, yeah. to the justice she would have wanted. You know, maybe it's like, just like it's, it's like unfulfilled it's like something you know she didn't like maybe she didn't want that ending you know what i mean yeah, yeah. like she didn't want to die that day or right. something you know she wanted to like live this life and have right. this child and be with him or whatever and 
was like still trying to have it or something. Yeah. Or it was like, I don't know. That's, uh, she was looking for her love. Still, you yeah. know what I mean? Or so, I don't Yeah. Know. No, it's interesting. So you think he got what he came, was coming to him, essentially. That's tough. I mean, now I'm listening to his poor letters in prison. <laughs> I mean, but nobody's going to incriminate themselves in jail. Right. I mean, he's... Everything is sort of uh, pointing to him. Yeah. But yeah, I mean that's no evidence. That's yeah. tough. I and I'm definitely not a death penalty person either. Yeah, yeah. I'm like that doesn't solve anything. Yeah. Um, if anything, it's more ghosts now. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> exactly. Um. So no, no. I mean, no. It's all very. It's all just very tragic to me. Yeah. Like no matter what, I'm just like oh, yeah. a whole little family died. Right. Um. It is tragic because. It didn't obviously didn't need to happen. No murder needs to happen. But I think like he probably wouldn't have murdered her if society wasn't the way it was back then. I was just gonna say, let's talk so, about it. The real murderer is society. Society. It's fucking society is the real murderer. Not honestly. to take blame from him, but society. No, but I mean when you force people right. you know, sort of underground as it were, or to hide things, and we see this across all types of um you know quote-unquote crime or um you know depravity or whatever people want to label it as like anytime that you force people into the shadows right you know um you just create the conditions that uh where people can lose their lives in so easily and it can get disregarded so like Yeah. yeah it's all just very like like I said, let let our girl live a little bit. Oh my gosh. Let our girl live. Yes. The uh, Because I wonder if that had do you think what do you think? Do you think like they would have gotten married if he didn't have that pressure or do you think he was just saying that? I don't think they would have gotten married even no. if the pressure wasn't there. Even if everybody was like, "Oh, that's cool. We don't care if you marry the factory girl like yeah. whatever." You know I mean, so? like I think that it would be like a co-parent situation where like they wouldn't get married, but they'd still, like, co-parent together. Oh, very progressive and for the time. Yeah. <laughs> he would, and he would marry this other wealthy woman to, like, still have money. Because he he didn't have money. Like, his family, his family had money, did, right? but he didn't Which have money. Which clearly like, ran out. Yeah. <laughs> so I think he would still marry wealthy, especially uh-huh. if she was, the wealthy woman was still interested in him. Right, he was kind of a scammer, too. Yeah. Kind of had a history of it yeah. a little bit. Because, like, when work. Grace and Chester were, like, they ditched out on one hotel. They... Which is also, they seemed like they were a fun pair. Oh, <laughs> they did, my like God. a Bonnie Clyde situation. Yeah, yeah, just a kind of fun kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wheeling I mean, around. yeah, 20 and 22. Like, it's super young. Super too. young. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. with that, do mm-hmm. you, you kind of mentioned earlier that you've had like paranormal experiences. Mm. Was that house the only experience you've ever had, or did you have. That was other... the only direct experience gotcha. I've ever had. Um, but it was very clear. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I was yeah. like, yep, great. Got it. Yep. Yeah. The spirits are very... Were you scared, here. though, in that such situation? Or was it kind of just like, oh, they're here? No, it was a very like, they're here. I mean, we were also like, you know, this was also like 2007, Fair. 8, you know, Four Loco was big. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were <laughs> wasted and partying and like, oh, cool. The lights are like turning on and off. Yeah, and yeah. like, probably not super respectful of the spirit right, space, right. you know? Um but they didn't know. Nothing seemed malevolent about gotcha. it. Um, that's that's my only direct experience. I think that's pretty good. The victims yeah. of noted serial killer. Yes, you that is a great one. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. She was nuts. Look up that case if you haven't. Oh my lord, um, it's wild for sure. Yeah, yeah, just real, real crazy. Um, so if you ran into Grace's ghost, would you take a photo? Would you just like? stare in awe would you be like nope this isn't for me i'm gonna leave now i would well okay so it helps that we've now done now that i now that i know the story yeah i feel like i could be okay you know what i mean like i wouldn't i wouldn't be so scared i think well, who knows though? Because there's like, like I said, it's like energy. Right. Like, who knows what like electricity or like what you're yeah, feeling yeah, yeah. when you see something like that? But like, I think I could be okay. I think if okay. I was like out on the lake, early morning, <laughs> sort of fog time, and she rolled in with the mist, um, you're giving her a high five. You're like, girl, I feel you. I'm just kind of like, I see you, and you deserved <laughs> better. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. the world, the world failed you. People who do see her say that they're like. They get really sad 
yeah. around her. Um, and then there was this other guy that I was reading who was like hiking or like I wasn't clear if he was hiking or like trying to get back to the lodge or something. Mm-hmm. But his flashlight died on his way oh. back to oh, the lodge. No. And the moment the flashlight turned off, she like appeared oh. in the woods. No, that would that would be a little much. I would be like, you you need to give me a heads up. <laughs> exactly. Like I'm so on your side. Yeah. You gotta warn a bitch first. Oh yeah. my god, <laughs> no, that's a nightmare for me. That would be a little much. <laughs> but you're right though, like enjoying a nice little rowboat and then like she, you know, rolls up. Just rolls it out of the mist. Sure. Like I, I get that though. I, that's what makes sense to me that like there's more there's like sadness more than yeah. anything or than like primal fear or anything right, like right. that. There's just like a because the whole thing is just like tra- what's yeah. the book called? An American tragedy. I mean, yep. it's so Absolutely. that I'm, I'm, I'm getting it. They nailed it with that book title. Yeah, yeah. It's all very just like, damn, none of this needed to happen. Yeah, it's tragic. None of it needed to happen. Um, well, thank you for joining me on this lovely podcast. Thank you that's... for having me. Oh my god, this is such a wonderful little tale and journey to go on. Um, I feel like I'm leaving with so much to think about too. About like, I love that life, love, relationships. Exactly. <laughs> the electric chair. <laughs> the electric chair. Yeah, research the electric chair. It's scary. Uh, inches, yeah, terrifying. I mean, it's better than hanging, I have to say that, but it's still not great. <laughs> I mean, we're t- the bar is so low, exactly. you know? Oh my yeah, yeah. gosh, we were not doing good back no. then with our methods. Not at all. I don't know if there's any good method. Johnny, mm-hmm. where can they find you and what you're up to? The honeymoon phase? When's your next right. show? Yes. When's all that? Um,. Thank you so much. Um, if you are well, if you're in Brooklyn, um, you can come see me and my band. We host uh, a semi like regular, basically monthly variety show, comedy show at Come On Everybody um, in Clinton Hill, kind of Bedsty area. If you know, if you're just on the internet, uh, you can find me. Uh, my handles here is Johnny Castro on Instagram, and my band is called The Honeymoon Phase. Yeah, we're just a, a really fun rock and roll band, and the songs are kind of comedic, kind of funny. They're fun. Um, I love them. Yeah, they're just, it's a blast. It's a really fun um, atmosphere, and we shot a pilot this year, actually, and we're going to be putting that out um, I didn't know that. Early, early next year. I'm really stoked about it, yeah. That's exciting. Very meta, very like, it's the band making the show, and that's what the show's about. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very like Josie and the Pussycats, gotcha. Scooby-Doo and the Gang, yes, Jinx, yes. like... So it's very, it's, uh, there's actually a ghost in it. I love it. Yeah. Okay, see, uh-huh. and of course, I'll, I'll be tagging Johnny on socials and stuff, so if you're following Haunted Hometowns and stuff, you'll see it, but I can't wait. That sounds so much fun. That's a blast. Thanks for having me, buddy. No, of course. Uh, if you are listening and you want your ghost story read on the podcast, email me your paranormal experiences. Could be anything from Carrie Fisher visiting you while you have a Star Wars marathon to tell you everything she loved and hated about filming to you realizing that you've been dating a ghost for years and your friends just felt uncomfortable pointing it out. Let me know, and uh, I'll meet you all back here in 14 days because everyone loves a ghost story. The theme song is by Tyre. Follow him on social media at Queer Popstar and stream his music anywhere you stream your music. T-H-A-I-R The artwork is by Pepe Munoz Follow him on social media at p.e.p.e.munoz M-U-N-O-Z I got my information from Unsolved Mysteries Encyclopedia.com The New York Times Crime Reads And of course Wikipedia <laughs>